The following episode will contain sensitive material. Some of the topics discussed are brought up and can be upsetting to some listeners. Alright, so some of these topics are abuse, anxiety, body image issues, confidence, depression, negative self-talk, eating disorders, suicide, self-harm, medication, coping mechanisms both healthy and not healthy, bullying, trauma, and psychosis. Sources for help will be linked down below. If you or a loved one suffers from mental illness, please seek help. You are not alone, and there's always someone who wants to help. Thank you, thanks. We're going to need your assistance for this episode, honestly. Binks has joined us. He's on the couch. Cosmo is looking very, very sad and jealous from his crate. Be nice to Cosmo. He's a little sick. Yes, he uh, went to the vet today. Did he do good? He didn't tell me if he did good with the vet. Uh, well, the thing is, because it's quarantine, I actually can't go with him into oh, the room. No. So I have to sit in the waiting. I know. We, <laughs> Alice and I were talking about this yesterday because Kyle's one years old. Mm-hmm. So the only vets he's... So far, the only time he's gone to the vet, mm-hmm. other than when he was like baby and in our arms, baby, <laughs> was when it was quarantine and we couldn't necessarily bring him. Uh-huh. So, every vet experience he's had so far, he's been t- on his own. Aww. And because this vet doesn't know Cosmo very well for safety, he has to put a muzzle on him. No! I know. So, Cosmo is just having a not good experience with this vet, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Poor Cosmo. He looks tired, by the way. Because he's sick. Told you, he slept all day yesterday. He's fine. By the way, listeners, um, I think he caught something from daycare again. He seems to have a very... He always comes home a little sick from daycare, so we might have to put an end to that. I mean, maybe his immune system just needs to, like, build itself up, Mm -hmm. too. Because, like, think about with, you know, kids. When they go to school, they're catching every single thing that anyone in their classroom has. Which is why schools are opening up in September. Nope. I mean, a lot of them up here aren't, but I know in other parts of the country, maybe even other parts of Jersey, I don't know for a fact, but they are going to be in, in like, in-school sessions, mm-hmm. which I think that's very stupid, and we should not be doing that. I, I love that everyone likes to point to the fact that children are less likely to get coronavirus, and it's like, hmm, do you know why they are? Because they weren't in school when and this they, happened. And they weren't out. Yeah. It's I mean, like, people I mean, are so stupid. You go shopping nowadays. I mean, now I feel like there's a little more kids, but when this was just starting, mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of kids outside. Yeah. No, I remember because, like, when summer finally hit, I started seeing, like, kids playing in the street again, and I'm just like, oh, that's where, where they go. You know, it's like... <laughs> that's cause, where they are. Yeah, because, like, everyone was like buckling down and you know they're like you can't go outside it's airborne which it wasn't and still isn't but it's so funny how we have like a 180 up here where everyone's just like the coronavirus isn't real i'm gonna go lick the asphalt now (laughs) let's get binks first on the oh no his purring is staying in oh okay we need some asmr for what we want to talk about today (laughs) first a fun fact I just love sharing this. So I'm a nerd. You are. And I love the ocean and everything. So I have an app on my phone that's mainly for marine biologists. 
It's um, it tracks sharks and tells you where sharks are. Do we have any sharks? Um, let me see, because I just got a notification for it. New shark alert. New comb, honey new comb hollow closed swimming until 1222 following ping from receiver. So wherever that beach is, you can't go swimming because a shark was pinged there. We gotta find him. But I I like using it mostly for the map feature because you could look and mm-hmm. see like where they are. You see the little red dots and you're like, oh, oh look, there's a shark. That is adorable, honestly. Can we interview a shark on the podcast? I would love that. <laughs> All right. First underwater episode is going to be us. <laughs> We're going to be in like one of those like cages. My caught an isopod. <laughs> it's real isopod hours. All right. So, are you comfy? I am comfy. Do you have your tea? I mean, I drank it already, so... Do you want more tea? I think I'm okay. So, right now, I'm running on a matcha energy drink and also green tea from Starbucks, so it's only a matter of time before I just explode. (laughs) And... We kind of hinted at it already, but this episode's gonna be a pretty hard one to record and listen to. It's going to be all about mental health. Hey, you said the topic. That's my job. Oh, sorry. Allison, what do no. we... No. The moment has passed. <laughs> well, you can do a closing if you want. No. <laughs> closing <laughs> is your area. I'm not going to take that from you. But yes, we will be talking about the very fun subject of mental health. A topic a lot of people don't even want to think about, but we going to do it. So as our disclaimer said, there's a few triggers that are going to be in this episode. And we just want to quickly clarify this Mm -hmm. now dirty word triggered. Yes. So now it's been memed to heck and back almost to the point where it's lost its original meaning. You see it all the time. The gamers have ruined it, basically, like they have done with so many other things. But let's actually go back to the root of what trigger means. So it's not just something that, like... This annoys me. I don't like this. This is something that makes you stop functioning. Yes, it It is something that triggers a mental health episode. Yes. So, you know, you you hear people all the time making fun of, like, Vietnam vets who, you know, they have Vietnam flashbacks. And that's become, like, a whole meme, too. And it's kind of, like, the same thing with Triggered, where it's, like, if someone's having an episode... I don't quite know how people took that to, like, be a funny hee-hee-ha-ha. It just got, like, associated with special snowflakes. And it's like, they think that, you Mm -hmm. know, trigger... People who make fun of it, they're always on the right. They always think that, like, oh, you know, they're just triggered because we don't have transgender bathrooms. And it's like, I feel like it became mean because some people were so loosely using the word trigger. yeah. And that's how it became just so loosely used Mm -hmm. that people started to just mock it. Yeah. But it is not something to be used so lightly as well as definitely not being mocked. Yeah. No, you do not want to make fun of someone who is easily triggered. Mm -hmm. It's not fun. You know, I've been triggered by things before and it's... People always make it out to be something trivial. You know, it's like, oh, you know, it's nothing. But it's it's not to the person who's triggered. Yep. And I remember back in the internet days, this never stuck. And I'm kind of upset it didn't stick. Mm-hmm. But they had another word 
for a lighter form of being triggered, which was basically, hey, this doesn't exactly, you know, uh, make me completely not function anymore, Mm -hmm. but this does still upset my my mental health. Can Mm -hmm. you please not do that? Yeah. I feel like now that's kind of become like content warning. That is content warning. Yeah. I think before it was called squick. Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember. It was something. I I do vaguely remember it, but I don't remember what the actual term was. But yeah, you know, you see a lot of people put content warnings on, you know, pretty much any sort of media now. And I find it to be very helpful Mm -hmm. because sometimes you don't want to, you know, read a story that talks about sexual assault. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's things like that that, you know, people who have memed the word triggered forget things like that. Or it's like you don't, you know, you don't focus on the human side of things where it's like there are some people who don't want to hear about self-harm or see depictions of it, suicide, things like that. I remember Netflix gotten a huge amount of hot water when 13 Reasons Why came out because there were no trigger warnings on it. And they contained very graphic depictions of suicide. Yeah, don't do that. Yes, it's like... I can can go on a whole rant about 13 Mm -hmm. Reasons Why, because that... When that came about, I don't care how good the show is or whatever, it re-triggered all of my suicidal ideation. And that's what actually caused me to remember the time I tried to take my own life because I had repressed it for so long and it all came flooding back to me. So thank you, Netflix. But, but um, the last thing I want to say on the trigger content warning subject mm-hmm. is if someone asks you to edit your post or edit your language or whatever to add a s- specific kind of like content or trigger warning to it, don't tell them they're wrong, you're right, you're not going to fix Just fix it. Yeah, it's that easy. Just say, my bad, and do it. Yeah. I don't care if it's something trivial like, oh, I was talking about my period and someone told me that I should content warning that. That's so stupid. But but, no, just do it. Yeah. It's like they're not trying to suppress you. It's just, you know, it it makes sense. You know, there are people who are off put by all sorts of things, you know. Mm -hmm. People don't want to have the mental image of blood running through their head because, you know, that that takes them to a dark place. Maybe they're, you know, not a cisgender woman and being reminded of menstruation makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. So it's like they're not telling you to stop talking about it. They're not trying to suppress your free speech or whatever people want to say nowadays. It's just they're asking for a heads up on what it's going to talk about. Okay. That being said, there are a lot of triggers for this episode. Yes. There are many. Fun fact, we were actually supposed to record this like a week ago. And that was the week when both Allison and I were having very bad mental health weeks. Yes. (laughs) So, kind of ironic, but, you know, we we decided to save it for this week. And Mm -hmm. and now... Hopefully we're both in better places. Yeah. I remember in my notes on the very top, I wrote, I forgot to take my medicine today. Don't don't do that. That's bad, Sylvia. (laughs) I always bring my medications with me everywhere. That's what I I started doing. Mm -hmm. Because it's been a few times now where I get to work and I'm just like, heck. That's not good. Yeah. Because, like, I remember one time I ran out of my medication and I went 
just a few days without it, and it was not fun. But we'll talk about that more later, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's get our notes up. Because we're professionals, and we have mm-hmm. the notes up already. Don't look at me like that. Um, I have all the notes tattooed on my eyelids, so all I need to do is blanket to see them. Last week was also the week when Sam got really sick. Oh, yeah. So it was just bad all around. Yeah, no, I remember, like, I wasn't in a good space, and then when I found out Sam was sick, too, I just, oof. Yeah, no, like, I didn't want to text you about it, but also I'm just like, people need to know that. Yeah. About Sam. He's he's doing a lot better now. Though. Oh, he's so much better now. Yeah, he's currently upstairs. I'm sure he's being babied. <laughs> so babied. Yeah. Meanwhile, Cosmo was falling asleep, and I'm calling a cab. Well, no so, one's having a smoke, and we're returning the slab. And my stomach's a little bit upset. I don't know the rest of the lyrics. <laughs> She's calling a cab. Always having a smoke, and she's taking a drag. Oh, we skipped that whole part. I don't smoke, kids. Don't do the marijuana. Don't inject any drug. Not even once. Not even once. <laughs> do not have an alcohol. No. So we're going to be talking about mental illness. Why? Because one, we are mentally ill. Yes. And two, it is a big part of society in general, but it also plays a role in the goth subculture. Yep, because again, goth is not free from other issues of society. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel with goth, there is a an association with mental illness and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into more of the stereotypes and the truths and actual facts behind that later. But that is a stereotype that you see a lot. Is like, oh, you goth, you, you got you crazy, you're <laughs> mentally ill. So, let's list our mental illnesses. Shout out mental illness. Because <laughs> fun fact, um, you can have more than one. Yes, you most certainly can have more than one. It is exhausting, honestly. Okay. <laughs> I'm still. I still think I have a lot more that needs to be diagnosed, but currently I have generalized anxiety, bipolar depression, and mild eating disorder. Mm -hmm. Very, very mild. Um, I only have one official diagnosis right now. I know I have a major depressive disorder, and there's more stuff we need to explore, because, um... It's major depressive with atypical features, and the atypical has been incredibly atypical, so we need to explore that more. Uh, I'll talk about more of that later. So, just from that alone, if you don't know much about mental illness, I feel like a lot of people think of only, like, oh, you're either depressed or, like, crazy. It's like, no, because there's different levels of it. Like, I have bipolar depression. Yeah. Which is not like the movies where someone is screaming one minute and then, like, skipping no. in flowers the next. No, that's what that means, Sylvia. Nope. I I mean, I don't wish it was, but... Yeah, no. No. <laughs> uh, we have not seen a lot of great uh, representation of mental illness on screen. Ever. <laughs> yes. So, uh, the first thing that came to mind, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but Silver Linings Playbook. No. It's... 
it got a lot of Oscar buzz when it first came out, but I think it's a terrible depiction of bipolar disorder, just because it, the main character, you never see him depressed. He's always in that manic mm. stage. So, you know, getting rid of, like, half of the reality of bipolar disorder. So he's always manic because, you know, that's more, that's more comedic. We can do more with that. Yeah. It's just, he's, it's like he's quirky. You know, he's funny because he asks inappropriate questions. Ha ha. No. Yeah, meanwhile, you never see him, like, slumped over the floor, like, crying. Yeah. Because that's not funny. Mm-hmm. My anxiety is a lot more on the milder side. Like, I pro- I have, like, mild anxiety attacks, like, every day. Mm-hmm. So mild that, like, a lot of people can't even, like, identify them. Mm-hmm. But then, once in a blue moon, I have the kind where I'm on the floor shaking and crying. Mm-hmm. Oh, and real quick, there's a difference between panic attacks and anxiety attacks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Secret thing that society tries to hold from you. Because I get anxiety attacks where, for me, and they're different for everyone, my my heart rate is what tells me. Mm-hmm. The second, I can be, I can look totally, you know, cool, calm, and collected, but my heartbeat, if that gets out of control, then I know I'm having an anxiety attack. My father gets panic attacks where he gets them a lot when we're driving, and that's terrifying. But, you know, he'll have to pull over. He can't really, you know, he can't really function. He can't do anything. He certainly can't drive the car, and he just needs to sit there in silence, you know, and just wait for it to pass. And that can take, like, an hour, half an Mm -hmm. hour. So, again, they're different for everyone, but I just want to point out the, the distinction because I used to think that they were interchangeable. Yeah, no, they're, they're really, they're not. And some of the things we're going to talk about are mostly from our own experiences, but everybody has experience. Everybody's a little different. Like I said, mm-hmm. for me, mostly, you can't even tell I'm having, like, an anxiety attack. Yeah. I know what's happening because I can feel my own body and my own mind. Yeah. But on the outside, you might think, like, oh, there's Sylvia. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's, like... I, I guess it's kind of similar to me where it's like you feel it on the inside. Yeah. And then it it ramps up to like, okay, now I can see that you're anxious and you're mm-hmm. having an attack right now. For me, I th- it's more like mania. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like my heart races so much and I feel like the only thing I need to do is like run. I feel that too. <laughs> yeah, no. It's like my brain just feels like like one of those older computers that has a fan and mm-hmm. you know you could tell it's overheating and I'm just thinking about like everything at once I can see all of time before me and it's just like <laughs> but I can't do anything about it because it's like so overwhelming I feel like that vine of that one song where it's like run yeah that's me Yep, that, that is a perfect encapsulation of what anxiety feels like. And you just throw an umbrella at the other <laughs> umbrella. <laughs> That'll stop it. Um, so, oh, let me describe my bipolar because I didn't really do it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, they hear bipolar and they think, oh, you're just like off the walls all the time. I mean, aren't I? No. <laughs> You're, like, one of the chillest people I know. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, for me, it is kind of jumping through emotions very quickly. Mm-hmm. But it's not, like, on TV. Yeah. I remember one exact episode, I was, like, sitting at work when I had a data entry job. And 
my emotions within the span of under five minutes went from, oh, I'm really happy. Things are going super well now. Or are they? (laughs) Oh, no. Now I'm upset because what if things aren't going as well as I think they are? Well, now I'm angry because why, why would I do that to myself? Why would I make things bad? I'm happy again because I'm right. Like, things are going great. Everything's going great. Or are they? <laughs> and just going through that circle, like, super quickly. Like, I can't snap because of microphone. Yeah. Like, bam, 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 one after another. Mm-hmm. And after five minutes, I literally, like, slump over because I'm exhausted. Yeah, because your brain goes into hyperdrive. It's sending you to all these places that can't focus on any mm-hmm. of them. And you, you just mentally exhaust yourself. Yep. So I'm on... Oh, wait, maybe we should wait to talk about medication. Yeah. Let's okay. let's make medication that's on, uh, like, subsection. Mm-hmm. My anxiety is generalized, which means I am anxious all of the time, 24-7. Shout out anxiety. <laughs> it's a milder form from people who may have, like, uh, the... What's, what's the other kind of anxiety? I, I don't know. I forgot the name. But generally, there's two basic kind. Mm-hmm generalize and then the other one mm-hmm. the other one is like hyper yeah like hyper anxiety yeah but it's also like less often versus generalized where it's like 24 7 yeah but it's more like mild it's not mm-hmm. like constant like hyperactivity yeah so which end of the coin do you want <laughs> i mean you lose either way but like yeah <laughs> i feel like i lose the most i don't know i don't have the other one so i can't really say it's so funny. I just, I literally just found out that I was, I had an official diagnosis like a few days ago. Cause just cause I was like poking around on my, uh, like patient portal for my doctors and it's like major depressive disorder. Oh, so, they never told you? No, they never told me in person. It's just, it was just listed there. <laughs> and I was like, you know, okay, I guess we're not going to like put a name to it, but they already did for me. So. Cool. Maybe they were still trying to figure it out. Maybe, because, you know, like I said, there's those atypical features. I'm mm-hmm. hard to pin down. There's a lot of stuff that I need to work out in therapy, man. I mean, the first half of my therapy, I was just labeled as, like, depressed. Mm-hmm. Depressed and anxious. And then they were like, no, you see, bipolar. Now mm-hmm. you need this stuff instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And a lot of times it can take a while to find the right diagnosis, the right medication, you know, it's a it's a journey. <laughs> it's a it's a life saving journey. Yes, it's it's hard. It's very hard, but it's so much worth it. It's so worth it in the end. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. <laughs> so all right, so let's go into the facts. What is mental health? Well. Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> uh, actually, this is health.org says, it is an emotional, physical, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others, and make choices. So, it affects literally every aspect of your life. So, stop telling us to get over it or to do yoga. Yes. Changing the bedsheets can only help so much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not knocking people who for them it genuinely helps it's just you can't use that as like a blanket term and you can't use that in place of therapy or medication oh yeah absolutely it's like you know sometimes when i'm feeling depressed taking a shower really does help yeah. but i it I, it's not gonna replace my medication mm-hmm. no amount of showers is gonna 
I wish. I, I would spend all my time in the water if it did. I already do as much as I can. <laughs> so, what causes mental illness? Let's let's list one of the, some of the many ways that mental illness can appear in a person. So we have the biological side of things. It could be a chemical imbalance in the brain, or sometimes it could be a symptom of another condition. Mm-hmm. So you can have something, and the symptom of that can be mental illness. Yes, because, you know, that's that's great. It's just like, you, you know, you have a physical illness, and you thought you were safe in your own brain. Nope. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> I think one of the biggest things that does this is actually birth control. Yes. Birth control can cause depression. Yeah, because it's... You gotta remember, anything that affects your hormones will directly affect your mentality. Which is why, you know, during puberty, it's such a hard time in people's lives because their hormones are all out of whack. Mm -hmm. And that's why you you change mentally. This is also why mental illness will start to show itself Mm -hmm. in, like, teen years. Yeah. They usually say around, like, teen years, early 20s is when your your mental illnesses come to you. Like, mm-hmm. a, like a bad fairy godmother. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, happy 16th birth- birthday, here's depression. Anything dealing with hormones can lead to an effect on your mental state. Another one is life experiences. Yeah. Stress, trauma. Life's hard. And the, people just, like, expect you to deal with it. It's like, oh, it's fine. It's just life. But no. Everybody deals with that. Like, you know, right? Everybody deals with it differently. Yeah. And if you really think about it, a lot of people don't properly deal with it. Oh, yeah. No. Well, I know a lot of people who, like, clearly have mental health issues. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Binks. Good commentary. But, um, yeah. And a lot of people, you know, because it's such a taboo and, ooh, I'm not crazy. I'm fine. They'll suppress it they'll just pretend like it's not there and what happens is all that bottles up and it just builds inside of you it doesn't disappear yeah that's another thing while some people may quote unquote i don't want to say get over some people may heal Mm -hmm. from a mental illness i would say 90 percent of the time you don't yeah it's just you know you do a little bit better Mm-hmm. You manage your symptoms. Yeah, basically. Another fun one, another fun, super fun way you can get mental illness is you can inherit it. Yes. Because it is an illness, it can have a biological component that comes from your relatives. It kind of goes hand in hand with biology. Yeah. But a lot of people think that, you know, oh, you know, I can't, like, catch that. It's not, like, the flu or anything, but you can have a genetic predisposition to it. Mm -hmm. It's, like, with alcoholism, it is a disease, and it can be more prevalent in certain families. Like, for example, both sides of my family, alcoholism runs in the family. Mm -hmm. So, I got the good ends of the stick on that one. (laughs) I've heard a lot of, um... People who are Holocaust survivors mm-hmm. passed out PTSD. Oh yeah, you know. so you know they're the newer generations. Yeah, there's a there's such a thing as generational trauma, where if you had grandparents, if you had grandparents who lived through the Great Depression, or you know were born during that time, 
you see that they're very like stingy with money i don't know about you but like my grandparents were very much like that where it's like you left the room for one second turn off the light oh yeah that's my whole family (laughs) yeah because that's that's generally generational trauma it's like they were you know they were traumatized by this economic depression so -hmm. they passed that down so some early signs of mental illness to look into if you apply to some of these maybe you want to speak to your doctor again mm-hmm. not everybody is the same mm-hmm. oh yeah real quick we're not doctors <laughs> oh <yeah. laughs> if you thought we were doctors <laughs> just because we're wearing lab coats doesn't mean we're doctors <laughs> yeah also you know what before we get into this i don't know if you want to cut this out completely but let can we discuss self-diagnosis real quick yeah let's talk about self-diagnosis don't go to WebMD. <laughs> if you feel like something is atypical in you, I don't want to say not normal because mm-hmm. you know we need to norm- we need to normalize mental illness because a ton of the population suffers from it, and we need to stop pretending like that's not the case. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like there's something atypical with your mental health, talk to your doctor. Yeah. It's scary. It's for some people, it's not safe. You know, if your parents are coming with you to doctor's appointments or, you know, you just need to find that safe space where you can be alone with a health healthcare professional and be like, this is what's going on. It's scary. It's going to be very terrifying to talk to someone about this, but it's so worth it in the end because then you can start getting, mm-hmm. you know, pushed in the right direction of where you need to be, where it's like, okay, now... I want you to, like, do this evaluation or, you know, I know a therapist, you know, we can get you on some medications, things like that. It's especially hard when your mental illness tells you you don't have a mental illness. Yes, that's also, uh, that's, if you've lived a long time with mental illness, you kind of acclimate to it where it's like, I know how to handle depression. Yeah, I'm bawling my eyes out every night, but... That's fine. Yeah, it's like, I know how to deal with it. You just watch the funny YouTube video and then everything's better, but no. Yeah. However, however, we're not saying you... How can I say this? If you look up symptoms online and you're like, I'm fairly sure I have depression. We're not saying that that's bad. Yeah. Because you know your body better than anybody else. We're Mm -hmm. just saying that if you think that, you need to get a medical professional involved. Yeah. When Cosmo was going to the vet today, I had, like, a bunch of hypotheses on what was wrong with him. I was wrong about 90 of them. (laughs) (laughs) It was not allergies. It was not X, Y, Z. Turned out to just be cold. Yes. Alright. You know your body better than anybody else. If you think you're depressed and you look up the symptoms and it seems like you're depressed, you should go to a doctor. Basically, if you're going to self-diagnose yourself, you should get it confirmed by a medical professional. Yes. Um, There's nothing wrong with self-diagnosis on that level. The issue comes in when you try to take it into your own hands by, like, Mm self-medicating, things like that. That can be incredibly dangerous. (laughs) Or if you're using it to just be on the internet and be like, I'm depressed. Follow my Instagram. (laughs) Unfortunately, you do get people like that every so often. But you need to remember that everyone who has a mental illness isn't necessarily like that. 
Oh yeah, of course not. Yeah. Hello again, Binks. People like to invalidate, and one of the one of the many many ways people like to invalidate mental illness is by like, oh, this person's doing it for attention. It's like one you don't know that for a fact. I don't want attention yeah. <laughs> ever. <laughs> and B, it's like that isn't everyone. You can't just invalidate a whole subsection of diseases because mm-hmm. people quote unquote want attention. My favorite is when they're like, it's all in your head and like, yeah, it's yes. called mental illness. Literally. It's like, would you tell someone who like broke both their legs that they're doing it for attention? It's just in your legs. Yeah. It's just like, you could take, you don't need those casts, you know? Just stand up. Yeah. Just stop it. <laughs> this is how those people sound. Yeah. Because, like, people, they think because they can't see mental illness that it's not real, mm-hmm. like, a, like a physical illness is. But did you see that Reddit post um, from the thread of Am I an Asshole where the guy exposed his girlfriend for faking her disability? No. All right. So basically he, like, explained this whole thing of how annoyed he is that his girlfriend has to tell everybody about this disability she has that she clearly does not have and he yeah 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 and basically he just like when she was telling her brother his brother's girlfriend about it he was just like oh would you shut up already you don't have that and like countering every point she was making where she's like oh like sometimes it's hard to like lift things and he's like you lifted up the laundry yesterday blah 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 and then he like you see the edits and he's like okay so she has eds i've never heard of that before but it's still like doesn't explain how she could do xyz blah 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 and i forgot what the other edit is but basically yes he was a jerk because yeah she is disabled (laughs) yeah it's like people want to see like they want to see you in the wheelchair. It's like, you're not mm-hmm. disabled if you have arms and legs. And it's just like, it's so much more than that. I follow this YouTuber, um, Little Pine Needle. Mm-hmm. That's her on Instagram. I forget her YouTube name. But she uses mobility aids. Mm-hmm. Some of the times. Yeah. It's like, we mentioned this when we were talking about Dolls Kill and mm. their ableism. The model that they revoked their offer for she used mobility aids but she didn't need them constantly and that's the reality for a lot of people is that it's not you know it's not like the typical picture quote unquote what you think of when you think of disability bottom line is just because it doesn't look like the picture in your head Mm -hmm. the typical form of what mental illness should look like what's what disability should look like Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that they don't have mental illness so they're not disabled yeah it's like picture someone who doesn't have like a visible illness like if someone has cancer you're mm-hmm. not gonna say like well where's your tumors <laughs> it's it's literally it's the same thing you know you mm-hmm. don't say that to people who don't have immediately visible illnesses you know <laughs> yeah sometimes i'm trying still to change like my thoughts and behavior around it because i was always that person where i'm like Ugh, you're taking the elevator up one step, like, on one floor. Like, really? You can't walk it? And, like, that little correction voice in my head is like, Sylvia, maybe they have, maybe they have a disability and they can't go up a flight of stairs. Yeah. No, it's like, um, one of our friends, she has fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, again, you can't see that, but she can only work, I think she said, like, three days a week on Facebook because of it. 
and you know she's a nurse and she you know has to work a lot with her hands and she's in constant chronic pain because of it yeah but again you don't see that right off the bat so yeah just don't judge people it's really that easy. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what everyone else has going on. Mind your business, David. Yeah, and that's like, also, are you a doctor? Are you going to diagnose these people? No? Then Is your doctor wife going to diagnose these people? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so... Some of the symptoms that can be red flags to mental illness... Eating or sleeping too much or too little. Mm -hmm. And we're talking excessive. Yes. Waking up at noon and going to sleep at five. Why are you just dragging me like this? <laughs> oh my god, I've done those days where I've just slept the entire day. I mean, that's not sleeping the entire day. Because if you think about it, you're just moving your schedule. No, like, I wake up at 12, go back to sleep, wake up at 5. Oh, yeah. I'm awake for two hours, then I go back to sleep. The latest I've ever woken up was, like, 5 p.m. Mm -hmm. It was a trip. And eating too much or too little. Yes. Yes. Um, pulling away from people and usual activities. So, when Allison and me are like, I don't want to play Animal Crossing right now, call the police. Yeah. <laughs> but don't actually. No, please don't. Because they're trash. But, um, yeah, no, that that's when, you know, things are serious. It's just like, you know that thing I love? I never want to see it again. Mm-hmm. You know these people that I love to be around? I don't want to see them right now. Yeah. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Having low or no energy... This is a huge symptom of depression. Same. Mm -hmm. I'm already feeling tired and I had all that caffeine. Always tired. Always yawning. Right? I just, I always feel like I'm, like, in a constant state of, I, I need to go to sleep. But then I lie down and then I can't go to sleep. Yep. <sighs> feeling numb or, like, nothing matters. I've become I'm so numb. numb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we, you know, we meme on mental illness, but, like, seriously. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes hand-in-hand -hand with that, like, no interest type of thing. Yeah. You're just indifferent to yeah. everything. Sometimes you just feel nothing, and mm -hmm. it's horrifying. Having unexpected aches and pains. Yes. Because guess what? Mental illness actually does have physical consequences to it. Yes. You know, people don't want to believe that, but it's absolutely true. I mean, think of all these things. If you're not getting enough sleep, if you're not eating enough, or if you're eating too much, those have physical ramifications. It's going to affect you physically. Feeling helpless or hopeless kind of goes with that. Like, nothing matters. Mm hmm Relying on recreational drugs as well as smoking and drinking. Mm -hmm. And this is, again, you know, the excessive part. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, okay, you know, we're adults mostly here. It's like, there's nothing wrong with indulging every once in a while. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not the hard stuff. I don't want to hear anyone doing cocaine. You, you know, better not. Like, Our audience is, like, teenagers. Yes. <laughs> Don't do the cocaine. Listen, as your aunt slash mom, don't do it. No. But, like, but if like, you're old enough. Yeah. And you want, like, a beer with dinner or a glass of wine. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. It's when you 
begin partaking in these things or you feel like you have to partake in these things to function. Yeah. It's like if you're drinking three beers to get out of bed. Or if you're like, oh, I need to have like at least two drinks before I could go to this party and have fun. Yeah. Oh, there's a difference between like pregame though and yeah there's a difference between like you know doing it for you know recreation and, and if it's a once in a while thing and relying on it and needing a drug mm-hmm. and you know what let's let's include caffeine in this too because caffeine a lot of people don't like to think of it this way but it is a drug it does affect you I'm laughing nervously but as I sip my caffeine oh yeah no I had I've had like maybe like 150 milligrams of caffeine today. Mm-hmm. That's not great. <laughs> it's also... Caffeine can be its own addiction, yes. aside from mental illness, but they can go hand in hand as well. Yes. We also have yelling, fighting with, or pushing away family and friends. Yes. You might not even recognize this as, like, a symptom, but, like, mm-hmm. this, is, this is, like, the whole, like, not wanting to be around people. Mm-hmm. Your brain translates it into... Let me make these people so angry at me, they won't want to be around me. Yeah. I know I've done that with a lot of my family, which is why I don't talk about them too much. Yeah. Family is what you make of Mm -hmm. it. You know, blood means nothing. (laughs) Experiencing severe mood swings that cause problems in relationships, or just severe mood swings in general. Yes. Um... If they are effect- or if they are taking a toll on your relationships, though, that's just like another thing you need to be wary of. And it's hard sometimes. Sometimes, you know, you just don't reach out to people for really long periods of time, and then you just come back, and it's like, oh, everything's the same, right? And it's like, no, you were gone for three years. <laughs> um, having persistent thoughts and mm-hmm. memories you can't get out of your head. Oof. Oof. <laughs> Big oof. oof. Yeah. I'm going to kind of piggyback off of this because I don't see this on the list, but nightmares. <laughs> yeah. If you're having very vivid nightmares that disturb you when you're awake, that's a, that's not good. That mm-hmm. can be a symptom of PTSD and on top of other things. Yeah. Your unconscious is trying to tell you something. Yes. I don't care what anyone says. Dreams mean stuff. Because mm-hmm. all these images and dreams aren't coming from nowhere. You are pulling from your subconscious. I keep having dreams about high school. I don't know what they mean. It's not like I want to go back there, but, you know, <laughs> my my subconscious is trying to tell me something by putting me in this very specific mm-hmm. time of my life. I always teeter-totter between, like, dreams should always be taken seriously and, yeah, no, they're just dreams. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you know, like, if you're, like, flying around on a jetpack, jet like, fueled by marshmallows <laughs> on Mars, it's like, you know, there's not, there might not be a lot to it. It's just, you know, take your dreams with a grain of salt. It's not going to be, like, a one-to-one thing where it's like, this clearly means this, and this symbolizes that. It's like, honestly, the most important thing is how it makes you feel mm-hmm. and what you do with that. And symbols could always mean different things to different people. Yeah, absolutely. I loved our psychology teacher's example. Where she's like, you take two different people and they have the same dream of being chased around a kitchen table by a goat. Uh, person A loves goats, grew up around goats. And person B is terrified of goats. Mm-hmm. Even though it's the same dream, very different meaning. Yep. I love goats. I wish one would chase me around the table. 
thinking about harming yourself or others. Yes. Yeah, that's one of the definitely, I don't want to say on the more serious end of things, but it's it's on the more extreme end of things. It's like, once it gets to that point, you really should talk to someone about this. What are those thoughts called? Intrusive thoughts? Intrusive. If you're having some intrusive thoughts... Yeah. You might want to talk to someone. Yeah. I have a lot of intrusive <laughs> thoughts. And they're not always bad. Yeah. They're not always like, you know, I want to punch that person in the face. I mean, I've been there before. I've never done it. But, you know, sometimes you just have those thoughts and you're immediately like, no, stop it. The other day I was thinking, I'm like, if you swallowed a butter knife, would you survive? Let's not find out. <laughs> But, uh, you know, sometimes it's just like, hey, I can scream really loud right now and no one would be able to stop me. <laughs> sometimes it's more like silly things, but, you know. Other times it's, it's like, if I jump off this balcony right now, would I be okay? Yeah. And not in like a suicidal kind of way. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just like, you know, your brain is always on, you know, your neurons are always firing. Sometimes you have thoughts you can't control, and then you just silence them before they ever get to manifest in anything physical. You shake your head like an ex, ex, ex shake your head like an etchy sketch. An etchy sketch, yeah. You shake your head like an ex, ex, like an etchy sketch. You shake your head like an s. Oh my god. Like you an etchy sketch. You shake your head like that, <laughs> <laughs> and you move on. Yep. You know, back to the literal drawing board <laughs> and inability to perform daily tasks or taking care of yourself kids pets going to school or work mm -hmm. you know some days you just can't yeah and you know it can go as far as like basic hygiene sometimes it's really exhausting to go brush your teeth mm -hmm. and... which is a sign of depression a lot of people don't talk about yeah it's like, I'm sorry, I smell like corpse. I haven't been able to shower in weeks. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry, I can't bring myself to get out of bed. Yeah. It's like, you know, a lot of the images we see in media are of, like, beautifully broken people. Where it's like, they're in bed and they're, quote unquote, depressed, but their hair is perfectly quaffed. They have no single tear. Yeah, just down. a single tear running down their face. They might have some, like dark under eye makeup maybe but it's like no in reality it does not look like that it's eating a fistful of cheese yes. on the floor because you couldn't even you had to choose you'd either use that little bit of energy to walk or to grab the cheese to feed yourself yeah and it's like you know you're wearing the same pajamas you've been wearing for like a week now there's stains on them mm -hmm. you just you just smell like rot <laughs> there's a pile of dishes in the kitchen sink and it's making you super upset but you can't bring yourself to wash them yes there's snot everywhere this is why a lot of emotional support animals are diagnosed because people tend to have more uh what's the word not energy, but like yeah. they're Motiv more motivation. motivation. They're more motivated to take care of an animal than they are themselves. Yeah, it's like I know I've definitely been like that, where I put more energy into taking care of other things because it's mm -hmm. like I like taking care of things. If you know, if it's a person or a pet, if they're happy, then I will, you know, vicariously become happy <laughs> through them, and it works to a degree, but it's not. You know, you, you need a little bit more than that. It's yeah. a good, 
It's a good, like, stepping stone. One day I was, like, super depressed and I couldn't get out of bed, but Cosmo refused to stay in the bedroom with me. Uh-huh. This is when he was still a little tornado, more than what he is now. Yeah. Now so... he's, like, a mid-sized tornado. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, even though I kept calling him, he would not stay with me, so I had to, like, pull myself out of bed to, like, go to the living room. And even though it's, like, okay, now I'm just vegging out on the couch, mm-hmm. it was still an improvement because yeah. I moved. Yeah, no. Sometimes that's all you can muster in a day is making it to the couch instead of staying in bed, which is a huge accomplishment. Absolutely. The five most common mental illnesses. Do you want to say this part? Sure. So five of the most common mental illnesses are depression and anxiety. You know, those are definitely the ones we hear about the most. Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, we also have up here bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, and dementia. Schizophrenia is one that people very much misunderstand. Oh, yes. So, so, so much. Yes. So people here, you know, if you have schizoaffective disorder or schizophrenia, anything with the the prefix schizo, and people will freak out. They're like, you're a murderer. (laughs) You're going to hurt me. Don't look at me. It's ah, scary. But. Honestly, people with schizophrenia are more likely to be the victim of a crime than the perpetrator. Mm -hmm. Way more likely to be the victim. Because people don't understand them. They see them as, you know, uh, they're, you know, a lot of people see them as disposable. Yeah. It's like, I will enact violence on you because I don't understand you. And dementia, it's, it's another heavy one obviously we can't really talk about it i don't know anyone personally that has dementia but neither do i i didn't know that it was considered a mental disorder Mm -hmm. i mean it makes sense yeah because it is the slow deterioration of your brain which is horrifying Mm mm-hmm but, you know, a lot of times it's written off as like, oh, you know, that's an old people thing. You know, it's it's whatever. You know, it's just like it makes you quirky when you're older. But no, it's it's really debilitating. Yeah. It's just like imagine, you know, you're basically like being unraveled slowly as a person. Mm-hmm. You don't even. We're not. I'm not. Yeah. No, it's it's very heavy. Mm-hmm. Um. of people are affected by mental illness, and as we said, it could show up in any age, but most commonly around the time of puberty to Mm -hmm. early 20s. I feel like this number is bigger, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people don't even recognize that they Mm -hmm. may have a mental disorder. Yeah, it's like some people, they flat out don't know, Mm -hmm. and some people just, you know, completely deny it. And they're in denial, they don't want to face that, because... It is unfortunately very taboo. And piggybacking off of that, I want to say anyone can have a mental illness. There is a stigma specifically with mental health among, you know, people of color, where a lot of people will say therapy is for white people, depression Mm -hmm. is a white people illness, you can't be depressed, you can't be anxious. That is 100% bullcrap. Anyone can be mentally ill and it's valid. Also... Um, there's a stigma against men and women. Yes. Men can be depressed. I think, I didn't look this up, so don't quote me, but I think men are more likely Mm -hmm. to be depressed than women. Mm -hmm. 
Because, you know, their entire life they're being told don't have emotions. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the reasons that contributes to mental illness <laughs> is because when you want to have a reaction to something, if you want to cry, people are like, no, that's not what men do. Mm-hmm. So, again, you bottle that up and it stays with you. It festers. When you bottle things up, they don't just magically, like, diffuse out of you like essential oils or something, you no, know? No, they turn into mold. Yes. You know, that's... Honestly, people can develop tumors from that. They can develop a, you know, a bunch of physical symptoms because of all this stress and you know trauma that they hold mm-hmm. on to. So a physical um, symptom I have is my chest. Uh-huh. I have incredibly, nearly debilitating chest pains. Mm-hmm. And some days are worse than others. That's why I said nearly. Because there are some days where it's in, I'm in so much pain I can't move out of bed. But there are other days where, like, I'm just like, I just need to stay here for two seconds. Don't touch me. Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel like I'm dying. And I've gone to many doctors about this. I've taken many tests. I have both gotten the you're just fat (laughs) answer. Mm -hmm. And I've also been through test after test after test after test. They boil it down to, you know, maybe you can lose a little bit of weight, but it's also probably your anxiety. Yeah. Again, it manifests physically one thing i get you know specifically when i'm having anxiety attacks is my stomach is just inside out Mm -hmm. it gets very bad to the point where i'll start vomiting even if there's nothing in my stomach it's just you know all that stress is being like concentrated in my stomach area Mm -hmm. so of course you know it's thinking like oh you're sick (laughs) let me try and expel (laughs) the anxiety except you know, it's not like a food I ate. Expel the anxiety. Right? Yeet it. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to yeet my anxiety. <laughs> it would be so nice. <laughs> and another story just to emphasize how little control people have over mental illness. By this time, you guys know how much we love Animal Crossing. Yes. <laughs> I had a horrible panic attack once playing Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. I'm just sitting here playing, living my life, you know, Clay is being cute in the corner. (laughs) Butch is singing in the town hall. Everything's great. And I had to put the controller down, crawl to my medication, didn't take it fast enough because then on the crawl back to the couch, I'm shaking, crying. I can't breathe. Like, I don't even know what happened. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much time passed. Yeah. It was horrible. Mm -hmm. It's it's interesting you mentioned that because... I'm gonna be real with you guys. I had a psychotic breakdown last week. I don't remember when it happened. And one of the things that happened, because I asked Eric to write everything down just in case my brain wanted to be like, no, you're fine. Mm. Just let me know what happened. One of the things that happened was he recommended, he's like, oh, do you want to play Animal Crossing? And I just started like crying again because I had calmed down. And then he mentioned it. And then I started crying again, and I told him it was because my soul was rotting and I couldn't play Animal Crossing because it was too pure. I'm sorry. It's It, it was a thing that happened. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Don't say you're sorry. It's something that happened to me. <laughs> I'm sorry because I'm, like, smiling and laughing. No, it, I mean, it is, it is funny. It's like, Animal Crossing is too pure, <laughs> is basically what I was saying. Because that but is such a thing you would... It, it, it really is. It's very much me. It's just, like, it just, it freaked me out. Yeah. That's enough. You black out and you don't even know. I should ask Alice to do that. 
yeah, from now on. No, it's very helpful because then the day after that I had therapy and I had a whole list of things I wanted to talk about. I was like, okay, this is what happened. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, other people can see symptoms in you that you can't see. Yeah. And sometimes if you're in a state where you're very worked up, uh, you know, it's helpful because, you know, if you go to talk to someone about it, you might not necessarily remember it or you might remember things differently. So it's it's good to have people around you who are willing to help and not just, like, dismiss you. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's mental illness in a nutshell. Yes. But we're talking about how it relates to goth. <laughs> yes. So you might be asking yourself, self, when is this going to get goth? Uh, number one, taking care of your mental illnesses are is very goth. Absolutely. Um, how dare you? And B, I, I think we know that there is a stereotype that goths are all mentally ill. Yep. We just have all the mental illnesses just piled up. It's like a buffet or something. I don't know what people think. All you could take, buffet. Basically, they think that you choose it and it's like you just wake up one day and it's like, I'm gonna be a depressive now. And then you, boom. Yep. But you just put it on like a t-shirt. Yeah. It's funny. I actually have a t-shirt that says I have depression because I <laughs> I wore it in college because we had like an end the stigma day for mental illness I want that. Yeah, I need to find it. Because I remember one time I, I wore it on World Happiness Day. <laughs> and I put it on Snapchat. Because it's a it's like a big comfy t-shirt. So I was like, oh, this is my pajama shirt for today. And then I saw that it was World Happiness Day. Wonderful. Yep. I love ironic shirts like that. Right? I need to find it. That was a good shirt. Anyway. So we're talking about a 2015 study that a lot of people read this study, and ran away with the conclusion that being goth or any type of alternative put you at a higher risk of depression and self-harm just just by nature being alternative. Mm-hmm. Which I would like to think that people were a bit smarter than that to not have that be the takeaway. But... When it comes to, like, academic articles, people like to just blindly believe. But 100% with anything in life, academic articles should also be taken with a pinch of salt. Because, you know, if this is a scientific study, you need to see who's doing it. If this was actually published in an academic journal, if it wasn't, then for good reason. But if it was, you need to see, like, what kind of biases these people might have had. You need to take a look at the study group that they use. If they only use, like, five people, Mm -hmm. then, you know, that's a red flag. So, just with anything, always ask questions. Also, maybe read the whole thing before you decide to publish your Times... Not Times, like, People magazine article. Because the study did not conclude that, actually. (laughs) No, I'm sure it did, Sylvia. Um... One big thing that the study did not do that every article that was written about it just conveniently left out was it did not factor in other art it did not factor in other variables that could lead to mental illness such as family, individual, social, economic factors. The study also showed that 9% who have identified as goth and 18% who didn't suffer from 
any mental illness. So mm-hmm. that's like almost a quarter of the people studied were like, no, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, so people saw this study. They made a whole bunch of like um, Dr. Oz articles about it. Oh, I'm sure. Don't listen to Dr. Oz. No. Real, real quick. <laughs> Don't. I forgot that other doctor's name I wanted to Dr. say. Dr. Phil. That's him. <laughs> Dr. Phil. Yes. He makes for some good trash TV watching, but do not take his medical opinion on mm-hmm. anything. <laughs> because now, suddenly, every parent in the world was terrified of their child who might be goth or alternative, and... That making them depressed and hurt themselves. Or other people as well. Yes. You know, because it's, ooh, the goth is spooky. Let's just blame gothness instead of actually helping Mm -hmm. people with their mental illnesses. It's that devil music you're listening to. Because it's always easier to blame something you can physically see. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've seen this time and time again. This is not anything new. Where, you know, during satanic panic... There was also this big wave of the goths. They're mentally ill Satanists who are just going around killing people. You saw this too with right after Columbine. Everyone thought that the shooters were members of the the goth subculture, which was not true at all. Mm-hmm. You know, all the goths at school said like, no, they, they weren't, we weren't friends with them. We don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. It was the easiest thing to blame on top of, you know, also music, video games, because you can see those things. Yes. And, like, even, you know, I mean, Columbine was within our lifetimes, but we were, like, fetuses, so we don't remember it. But, mm-hmm. like, with when we were older and more conscientious, we had kind of, like, our, I feel like our big thing, like, the 90s had Don't Talk to Strangers, and we had Don't Self-Harm. Yeah. And that backfired tremendously mm-hmm. because it was done in such a sloppy way where I'm going to get real with you guys again. That's how I learned what self-harm was. And that's <laughs> what too. led me to try it. Yeah, me too. It's like when D.A.R.E. first came out yes. and it did the whole opposite effect. It's like, well, now you got people who never thought of cocaine doing cocaine. Yeah, it's like, that's what you do when you tell kids not... That's what happens when you tell kids not to do something. They're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was like... Like, t- the 2000s was, like, really big. It's like... I remember they they tried to talk to us about you know, don't self harm and you know it became like a meme basically, and you saw it a lot within goth and emo circles where it's like oh that's what they do right especially especially during that time period emo like you, you could not look that up without seeing a bunch of triggering jokes and yeah. images. Yep, yeah. and then you had those pee bullies who thought that they were being. Why was the 2000s also the time of, like, shock entertainment? Or, like, shock internet? (laughs) So, you know, their form of bullying would be like, why don't you just go cut yourself? Oh, yeah. No, in middle school, I had someone tell me to go kill myself. Oh, all the time. But joke's on her. That was after I tried to kill myself. So I already tried and failed. (laughs) (laughs) We're being light of this because we... This is us. Yeah, it's like, this is the reality of my life. (laughs) This is the reality of your life. (laughs) That's Sam's life. That's Sam's life right over there. Mm -hmm. And that's like, it's different when it's your own baggage. I can make fun of that. You know, 
I'm again. I'm gonna be real with you guys. I tell suicide jokes in private, but that's mm-hmm. just between me and people I know it won't trigger. Yeah. If I know someone else can't handle it, I'm not gonna say that. Yeah. And like when people who haven't experienced that make fun of it, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. It's like I like to make fun of it because I feel like it takes power away from it. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel better in the end. Yeah, because it's something that you can laugh at now. Yeah. It's pill time. Whoa, how ironic. <laughs> Where were okay. we? You, um, uh, uh, yes, make fun of your darkness. Oh, yeah. And only can... yours. Yeah, I mean, we said it in, like, an earlier episode in relation to um being gay and we can make gay jokes because we're gay. Yeah. Kind of the same thing. If you're mentally ill and you want to make mental health jokes... Mm-hmm. Go right ahead. Also, watch yourself as you're making those jokes, because sometimes that that could, I feel like that can be a symptom too. Yes, if you're making too much hee hee ha ha. Yes, it, it, basically humor is one of my coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. That's how I got really good at sarcasm, is because I couldn't. I never felt like I could say what I really wanted to say, so I said it in a sarcastic way, so, like, some truth comes out a little bit. And that's really sad, because you're the funniest person in the world. Yeah. No, I'm telling you, people who have experienced immense trauma are the funniest people in the world. Look at Robin Williams. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think people try to paint that picture mm-hmm. as, like, what am I thinking? Like, a symbolic beautiful type of poetic no it's true yeah people who are mentally ill tend to be the funniest ones because this is a coping mechanism yeah (laughs) and you know there's all different sorts of coping mechanisms i'm not saying like every comedian's mentally ill or anything like that it's just you know it it really like hones your wit Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's weird all right so another study that i found it was done by the University of Glasgow. I couldn't find an exact year, but I know one of the uh, reviews of it was published in 2006. So a little earlier before the study that you mentioned before. But um, it was a study specifically talking to the goth youths about self-harm and suicide. The baby bats. The baby bats. And uh, they found that being goth isn't obviously the cause of depression and mental illness but a lot of these people that they talked to when they did experience thoughts of suicide or self-harm or when they actually went through with it it was before they joined a subculture Mm -hmm. because being a goth can actually help because you get that sense of belonging you know it's Mm -hmm. like you have a community that is willing to talk about dark things openly people who've been through similar situations even finding music that matches your mood and what you're feeling i mean you know when you're super happy you might want to listen to some pop music when you're mm-hmm. going through a breakup you might want to play taylor swift don't do that but yeah. like, you might want <laughs> when it's christmas time you got to play mariah carey yeah <laughs> and last christmas mhm mhm and then you know, if you're someone who is suffering with depression, if you find music where someone, it's all, it's all relation. Yeah. That's why a lot of people, you know, when they first get into the goth subculture, they see sad music as being real and more honest than yeah. pop music. Because it's like, goth music talks about a lot of subjects that are often off limits for stuff that gets, like, super popular. 
You know, they talk about depression. They talk about, you know, things like suicide, self-harm, honestly, not always in the best way. Yeah. They could be a little bit more careful with how they discuss those things. But, you know, it's something. Like, someone is acknowledging this because all too often those are considered topics that are, you know, they're they're too hard to talk about. We don't, mm-hmm. so we're just never going to talk about it at all. Everything from being depressed and self-harm to just death in general yeah and heartbreak yeah you want a good breakup song find a goth song yeah basically (laughs) yeah they just turn it into like a whole production you Mm -hmm. know (laughs) oh yeah i'm in a lot of like goth facebook groups and like there's some of the best people out there honestly yeah i haven't had a single issue with one Mm -hmm. yeah i don't have it's like, I know we talked about how gr- not great the su- the goth subculture can be. But, you know, for the most part, my experiences have been all positive. Again, it's like any other culture. There's good things, there's bad things. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, also, you and I tend to stick to things that say, like, wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> wholesome. <laughs> because we don't want to even be slightly associated with right. any any of those things no (laughs) goodbye people yeah cut the garbage people out of your life Mm -hmm. (laughs) the people who excuse uh kill star and dolls kill yeah um oof that was another thing too it's like it is like i said before you know with the goth subculture there's more conversation about more morbid topics but it's not always the best in the its handling of things Mm mm-hmm Because, like, you'll see people that are just like, I'm gonna kill myself. And then everyone will see that I was right the whole time. And I'm just like, I don't want that on a shirt, you know? Yeah. Please, no. There's, um, this isn't goth, but there is this really popular song. And I still hear it sometimes. It's called, like, it's either When I Die Young or Die Young by Lady Antebellum. Mm. That song, honestly, is one of the few things in this world that just makes me so, so angry. Because literally the whole thing is, like, Barbie's dream funeral. Where it's just like, I'm gonna die young, and then everyone's gonna see that I was right, and I'm gonna have the most beautiful funeral, and then my mom and dad will see that they should have let me go to the prom. And I'm just like... And... No one needs that. The girl on Glee who sang that song... Uh-huh. She's the one who recently passed away. That's really sad. Yeah, and it's like... Thank goodness that song didn't come out when I was young and vulnerable. Mm Because that was the last thing I needed. But, you know, just because I didn't have to experience that doesn't mean that a bunch of other kids didn't hear that song and were like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Do you have, like, a song that just, like, brings you completely back to everything? Do I have a... Do I? I don't think I do. That one just makes me angry. Oh my god. And, you know, even more recently, that Logic song where it's just like, I don't want to be alive. I don't want to be alive. And just like, no, dude, oh, this yeah, is not how one. you, this is not how you handle talking about mental illness. I don't care about the whole song. People are going to hear the chorus and they're going to hear that. And that's going to affect them. Yep. Because when you're in a dark place, things like that affect you. Mine was ironic. <laughs> Kind of funny. Um, Teen Idol by Marina and the Diamonds. Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me about Still that Still cannot hear that song. Mm-hmm. I thought I could. I can't. Yeah. Eh. 
but you know you do get this a lot within the goth community as well like i said there's a lot of like sharing of mental illness memes you see mental illness merch now <laughs> it's just like it's it's not great when you com like commodify it <laughs> I mean, I just said two seconds ago I want a shirt that says I have depression. Yeah, it's like... But that's, you know, it's... It should be a personal thing. Because mm -hmm. it's like, like I said before, I only say, like, really dark jokes like that to people I know that can handle it. And people who won't be triggered by it. But if I'm just sharing memes left and right, I don't know who's going to see that. I don't know who's going to be affected by that. It's just you really need to be conscious of the messages you're sending out. Yeah. Which is why, you know, I don't say jokes like that on the podcast because I, you know, I don't know every single one of the listeners. I don't know who this is going to affect. And the only reason I'm saying it now is because, you know, we're putting a trigger warning on this episode because it's, it's heavy. Mm -hmm. So after all these studies, the only way they found that goth could lead to mental illness mm -hmm. was by being bullied because you're goth. Yes. So don't bully the old kids. I don't think mm -hmm. I need to say that to our audience, but like bullying is a whole thing too. Honestly, the 2000s, that was the two big things, self-harm yeah. and bullying, especially cyberbullying. But, you know, again, it was because you a lot of people were telling kids not to do it. You got a lot of people who were bullying. Like, I got bullied left and right. Oh, yeah. All the time. Just constantly. <laughs> yeah. And even outside of school, people think that bullying is just something you get to suffer through in school. No, you can be bullied in the workplace. You can be bullied as an adult. Yeah, absolutely. And the verbal, psychological, physical violence towards goths can be considered a hate crime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that's a controversial subject, mm -hmm. but it's like we need to look at the definition of hate crime. Do we have a definition for hate crime here? Um, I don't have the formal one, but I have like a back and forth kind of conversation uh -huh. where someone's like, you know, it's not a hate crime, you're just goth, get over it. And it's like any form of abuse or violence towards a person for something around their identity is a hate crime. And it's like, oh, goth isn't an identity. You choose to be goth. And it's like, mm -hmm. actually, for a lot of people, being goth is an identity. Yeah. It's like, you know, it kind of goes back to what I was saying before, where, you know, a lot of people find solace in the goth subculture. You know, it's the one that is accepting of who they are authentically. And again, the only place that where you can talk about dark subjects and, you know, I'm going to be honest, I don't know exactly where I stand on calling it a hate crime. I'm a, I feel like I'm on the other side. I'm like, I feel like hate crime is a little too strong. Yeah. Of a word. Yeah, I think that's true because it's not, it, at the end of the day, it isn't like a racial identity. Yeah. Like you can be treated unfairly and discriminated against, stereotyped for being goth, but mm -hmm. I feel like calling it a hate... It's just too strong. Yeah. There needs to be something else. I guess you would call it a prejudice. Prejudice crime? Prejudice crime, yes. <laughs> but, yeah. It's, like, it's not great, but it's also not at quite at the level of hate mm -hmm. crime. But, yeah, you do see... Basically, you know, when you're in elementary school, middle school, because that's when we typically think bullying happening happens, high school as well, it's, like... 
you get bullied for everything and anything. If you do something slightly different, people will attack you. Children are brutal. They're not oh, yeah. angels. They're terrible. So, for and- argument's sake, I looked up all these stats, mm-hmm. you know, directed towards kids, because that is where it's a lot more prevalent. Yeah, it's like, you would, you would think that by the time you're an adult, people would get more mature, and the majority of people do, but then you do have some people who never do. Mm-hmm. So, 20% of students reported being victims of bullying. That's mm-hmm. one out of five kids. And honestly, I think that number is a lot higher, because a good majority of people do not confess or report being bullied yeah because it so many people think of it that's just the reality of life it's like oh yeah i'm gonna get bullied eventually Mm -hmm. it shouldn't have to be that way the first time i was bullied i reported it and then never again because nothing yeah the teacher told me to get over it yeah no it's just like it's really on adults to take bullying seriously and we've seen time and time again you know we've heard all these tragic stories of people or, you know, children who, you know, take their own lives because of bullying. And all the signs were there, but they got ignored because, you know, this is just something that happens. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, boys being boys. Or it's, you know, oh, girls, you know, they're always mean. And it's like, no, it shouldn't have to be like that. Yeah. Uh, boys are more likely to be physically bullied. Girls mm-hmm. more verbally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Race, gender, physical appearance, sexual orientations, and disability are, like, the top five reasons for someone to be mm-hmm. bullied. Students who are bullied are more likely to develop mental illness because, um, yeah, I think we've been saying that the whole episode. Yeah, it's physical and psychological torture mm-hmm. is what it is, you know. People, you know, I think we also need to make the word bullying a little bit more severe because it's just like, oh, you know, I... I experienced that when I was younger and I was fine. But it's like, think about all of the things that you experienced when you were getting bullied. Like, for example, I got bullied for being the new student constantly. And also because I was a girl, people, would, the boys would pick on me. So I used to get into fights a lot, even though like people now think that like, oh, you've never fought in your life, right? No. <laughs> I took on a pair of twins and I won. Because <laughs> they were being stupid. And it's like, Think about everything that you've gone through. Like like I said before, that one girl in middle school who told me to go kill myself on top of people saying like, oh, you know, you're just you're just going to grow up to be a serial killer. You're weird. I don't like you. It's like, we're not going to talk to you. We're not going to play with you. We're going to socially isolate you mm-hmm. and we're going to other you. That's literal torture. <laughs> yeah, I've gone through that. I've also, if we, if you boil it down to, like, exact definitions of what happens. Mm-hmm. If we're going to use real terms, I've been sexually assaulted by other students in school mm-hmm. because boys would constantly come up to me and, like, grab my chest mm-hmm. or, like, you know, pull at the bra straps and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, children, that is sexual assault. Yes. And it should be taken seriously. Yeah, it's, again, not boys being boys. And you know what? If you don't correct that behavior, that's how you get these, like trash human beings mm-hmm. and you know they're so used to getting away with it that they just keep doing it yeah if the teacher's gonna say like get over it or stop doing it mm-hmm. or i was even told to wear like higher necklines or you yeah. know a sports bra instead of a regular one mm-hmm. 
No, it's fine. It's my fault. Yeah. Um, the media always paints the alternative characters in a bad light, which we'll get into a whole nother episode. Uh. But my favorite thing they do is when they have the alternative character who is mentally ill, and then by the end of whatever it is, book, play, movie, TV show, they're quote-unquote cured, and they're no longer alternative. Oh, of course, yeah. You see that all the time. Mm -hmm. I think the example we always go back to is The Breakfast Club. Yeah, you know, Allison, by the end of the movie, isn't... She's not mentally ill anymore. She's not beeping in the corner. She's wearing pink and has a boyfriend now. Uh, she's wearing white. How dare you? Oh, excuse me. Yeah, also, I have a boyfriend and I'll st I still beep in the corner. <laughs> it's one of the things he loves about me, darn it. Which, since you brought that up, you're not going to be cured by finding a relationship. Oh my goodness, that is something I hate. I absolutely hate it. It's like, oh yeah, you know, once you find your spouse, your life partner, everything is going to be fine. It's going to be nothing but sunshine and roses. That's not true. No. Yes. Also, like... If your partner isn't accepting of your mental illness, they are nothing. They are trash and you deserve better. Mm -hmm. That's like what I was saying before. I flat out had a psychotic breakdown and Eric was still there to support me. I, t I, you know, this is something that me and my therapist are working on right now. And she even mentions the possibility of me having to go to a mental health facility for a stay, you know, to work out my issues. And I told Eric and he's like, I support you no matter what. <laughs> Mm -hmm. it's like if anyone tells you any less than that dump them yeah throw them in the trash if they can't handle you at your panic attack mm -hmm. they don't deserve you i'm just thinking of the meme <laughs> if you can't handle me at my worst then you definitely can't handle me at my best because i don't have a best <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean alice has seen it through and through. Mm -hmm. She's seen me in the middle of a panic panic attack telling, like, demanding that she break up with me because I don't deserve to be happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's like when you find someone who can support you through that... That's great, that's, but it's not yeah. gonna cure you. Yeah, that's an amazing feeling. Honestly, that's one of the best feelings in the world, but there's still work to be done. Mm -hmm. And you don't need... A romantic partner to be validated or yeah. get those feelings. Yeah, you can get that from friends, family, you know. You your should, dog? Your dog, yes. Dog will support you no matter what. Dogs, they love you unconditionally. It's amazing. That's mm -hmm. why, you know, when people... I've seen a lot of people who talk crap about service dogs who help people with mental illness. But, you know, when people who are visually impaired need service dogs then that's fine oh yeah that's fine you know that's a real working dog yeah and it's like so what is this dog doing he's just doing nothing and i just got a pet because i'm lazy mm -hmm. it's like no it's been proven that pets positively impact your mental health like when i had sunrise i felt amazing you know mm -hmm. and i have noticed a change you know since she passed away which is why I want a cat again, because it's it's like a little serotonin machine. Yeah, well, you got Binks. That's true. Who's currently not in the room. Yeah. It's just I can't, like, cuddle up and read to him. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's okay. I used to read to Sunrise all the time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, you. There's, like, pictures of her, like, cuddled up, like, right on my chest, and I'm reading, like, some, like, 
like Judy Moody book or something like that to her. <laughs> Judy Bloom? No, Judy Moody. Was oh, like, Judy Moody. Okay. Yeah, you, you get like the mood ring. <laughs> like she talks about emotions. <laughs> God. On that topic. Don't go and pet a service dog. Leave it alone. It's working. Yeah. It's like, you don't want people petting you when you're working. I don't want people petting me, like, period. I mean, sometimes it's nice to get, like, a head pat. Mm, Don't touch me. It it depends on the person. (laughs) But, um, yes. Also, don't try to take your dog everywhere and say it's your mental health dog. Yeah, it's like, you can leave your dog outside of Starbucks for, like, a hot second. Well, dogs are actually welcome in Starbucks. Oh, are they? Mm-hmm. I didn't most, know that. Most dogs. Yeah. I mean, most Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. It's like, don't don't invalidate service dogs for everyone just because you want to be sp- special, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, you see people joke around like that all the time who, they'll, you know, they'll try to sneak animals onto planes. This is like, my emotional support parrot. Is it really? And it's like... You know, it's cool. You might have an emotional support parrot. That's fine and all, but don't lie about it. Yeah. So you can bring it with you everywhere. Yeah, because then the rules are going to get stricter for everyone else who do, you know, they do have service animals. And it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be harder for people who need it to get it. Yeah. You know, I've heard stories of people who've applied to apartments and have been declined, and they're like, why? Like, my credit is, like, okay, I make okay money, like, you know, I may just be okay, but I'm good enough, and it boils down to they were declined because they have an emotional support animal. Yeah. And the building doesn't allow animals, but it is that, that is against the law. Yeah, that's flat out discrimination. Mm-hmm. And it's like, watch, if that was, you know, a, a, dog you know that belonged to a visually impaired person they would probably change their tune but because it's also you know the stigma around mental illness it's like we don't want dog in the place and then there's like gross mentally ill people living with it no mm-hmm. <laughs> now that we've ranted spoke about ourselves and the goths and the bull prep baloney baloney that the media tries to put a fear on young alternative kids make their kid make their parents be super strict on how they could dress and restricting their personality which could only lead to them being more depressed yep let's let's talk about the steps you should take to actually like get some help because all that is not helpful yep that's all trash throw that out first talk to someone yes someone you trust yes this is going to be the first step is always the hardest mm-hmm. because a lot of people don't have any information telling them what to do when they require mental health care. It's like, you know, for me, when I was trying to, like, find a therapist, it just seemed like one was supposed to, like, come out of thin air. <laughs> people would always say, like, you know, my parents are like, you know, you should really think about going to therapy. And I'm just like, what do I do? And it's just yeah. like... Is, is the stork gonna bring me one? It's like, Santa. where do... Is Santa gonna bring me one for Christmas? It's like, where do I go to find someone? And I found out that, for myself, um, I use Psychology Today's directory. Yeah, me too. It is one of the best tools out there. Because you can really get a feel for 
your therapist through their profiles. Mm-hmm. It's it's like Tinder for therapists. It is. You could put like filters like, oh, I want, I I only want women. I yeah. only want people who deal with X Y Z, who are LGBT friendly. Yes. You know, they put all things like that in there. Um, I know that if you're religious, they do have specific mm-hmm. Christian counselors, if that would make you feel better. Um, they do have people who deal specifically with LGBT issues who are more, you know, friendly with the queer community. So you don't have to worry about them, like, being like, oh, you have a boyfriend? Let me get holy water. Because <laughs> that's a therapeutic tool. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I mean, even, like, this isn't what initially drew me to my therapist, but, you know, you do even find people who are kink-friendly on there, so you can openly talk about sex, because sex is something that is affected by mental illness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, that shouldn't be off the table, you know. If you're going for mental health care, you need to, you know, open up about a lot of things that you never thought you would be able to tell a stranger. Mm. And that can be hard. Yes, it can be the most difficult thing you do. But if you need to maybe for the first few sessions just sit there quietly and twiddle your thumbs. Oh, yeah. You're still making progress by going. Yeah, no, that is progress. I remember my therapist told me about one of her other clients who was so stressed out, she literally just took a nap. She got on the couch, you know, she was, like, talking to her about how stressed she was, and she's like, I really just want to take a nap. And my therapist was like, if you really need to do that right now, just do it. I'm going to take a nap. Basically. I'm take a nap right here. <laughs> Literally. And I was like, yeah, you're, you're paying for that nap or whatever. But think about it. It's like you're getting out of the environment that was stressing you out. Mm-hmm. You're in a space where no one's going to interrupt you and you're with someone you trust. So, yeah, that can be like a life-changing nap right there. <laughs> <laughs> I need a life-changing nap. Right? Just sleep at your therapist's office. Apparently it changes you as a person. <laughs> but, you know, there's no shame in that. There have been times with my therapist where we just talk about nerd stuff all the whole time. We talk about, like, video games and yeah. movies and stuff. Sometimes you need to have those lighter sessions because my therapist, you know, she made a really good point. It's like, if you always leave here crying, I'm doing a bad job as a therapist. Because mm-hmm. it's like, we're supposed to be exploring all your emotions. Nothing is off limits. So it's like, there are times where I leave confused. There are times where I leave angry. There are times where I just leave not knowing what to do. There's times where I leave happy. You should be able to explore all emotions through therapy. And if you're younger and you don't have access to a therapist, school counselors, yes. some schools have psychologists. Yeah. Um, most colleges have free mental health care professionals mm-hmm. on campus. Look into those because mm-hmm. you will be surprised how many free options there are out there. Mm-hmm. I know there's like uh, everyone mentions the crisis yeah. hotlines, crisis but hotlines. there's even some there where you could just talk to someone. Yeah. Honestly, I am a firm believer that everyone could benefit from therapy. Oh, absolutely! Everyone should go to therapy. Yeah, it's like. Life is stressful. Mm-hmm. All of it. And it's like, it doesn't matter if you think, you know, you're the most well-adjusted person in the world. I'm sure there's something that you can talk out that you will, you know, benefit from going to therapy for. It's Absolutely. like, you know, therapy is another word that, you know, a lot of people think is dirty. They think, oh, you need therapy? Oh, what are you, crazy? Do you think about, like, eating people's faces? Yes. 
Yes, but no. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I'm just, I'm sad. (laughs) I want to talk about it. You could talk to friends. Maybe a family member you can trust. Mm -hmm. A teacher you can trust. Mm Mm-hmm. But also know that they're not yes. your therapist. Do not make this other person your therapist. Yes, because that is a lot to put on a person. I had a friendship that I, I ended a long time ago where the, the the person in question was basically treating me like her therapist more than a friend to the point where it, it got to the point where we were out in public and I literally had to yell at her. I don't like yelling. Yeah. You, I, you can barely talk loud enough for this podcast. Yeah. And it's like, I had to yell at her. I'm like, look, I'm not your therapist. And like, she had an anxiety attack after that. And, you know, I, that wasn't my intention was to make her have an attack like that. But I needed to speak my truth mm-hmm. because I felt like I was being like used to like fill a gap that she wasn't filling because like she couldn't be in therapy all the time. So it's like, when I get out of therapy... <laughs> You're my therapist now. But yeah, like, the relationship you have with your therapist is very different from your friends, your family, your spouse. Because they're a professional. And that's another thing, too, is you know where your boundaries are with therapists. Oh, yeah. Because it is supposed to be professional. You know, it's, it might seem like they're your friend, but they're not your friend, you know. They are definitely not a substitute for a parent or a spouse or anything like that. I actually knew someone whose therapist started developing feelings for them. That's not that, that's no. yeah. No, I, thankfully she was she brought it up and that was like the last session they had where she's just like I can't continue to see you because of these feelings. Mm-hmm. So thankfully she didn't cross that line, but still you don't want things like that happening with your therapist. Yeah. Don't do that. Yes, they're not a substitute for anything. They are your therapist. (laughs) And another therapist tip, it can take a while to find the right one. Yeah, you're not... uh, Most people don't find the right one right away. I got lucky. The first person I contacted was the one that I'm still seeing to this day. It took me three tries, and I might still change it up. Yeah, and it's like, even if you do find someone who you gel with really well, you need to know that this isn't going to last forever because at some point therapy is supposed to end, you know, mm-hmm. it might take years and years and years, but you know, you gotta know that there's still, you know, a medical professional. If you get to a point where you're well adjusted enough that you can end therapy, that's a conversation you need to have with your therapist. Mm-hmm. Another tip, if you're someone who can't access therapy, mm-hmm. maybe look into things like yoga and mm-hmm. eating better if you can. You know, this comes with a huge, like, parentheses and quotes. Yeah. This comes with huge quotes around it mm-hmm. because, as we said earlier, these don't always work for everybody. Yeah. You know, develop healthy and economically sustainable coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Maybe a walk in the park isn't really going to help you, mm-hmm. but maybe making the effort mm-hmm. can help. Yeah. I know there have been studies that show that, you know, physical activity does release endorphins that make you feel better. It's not, you know, a cure-all. Like, yeah. some people, you see these gym rats who think, like, you just need to lift more, bro. Lift the depression out of you. But that's not that's not how that works. Mm-hmm. It can make you feel better temporarily. 
and, you know, putting in that effort is miles better than staying in bed all day. And, you know, it's really hard to do that. But, you know. I know for me, sometimes trying to exercise can make me feel worse. Yeah, no. Because I feel like I'm failing at it. Yeah, no. And it's, it all depends on where you are. You need to know your headspace because sometimes I'll go for a walk to clear my head and I'll start dissociating. And mm-hmm. then I, you know, when I get, when I start dissociating, I can get lost, um, basically in danger the whole time because I might just walk into the street and, you know, like not because I want to, but just because I get so disoriented. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, just be careful. Know your body. Know your limits. Don't force it. If it's if it's not coming to you, then just take a break. Mm-hmm. Do what your body needs to. Find healthy coping mechanisms. Yeah, because um, self-harming ain't one of them. Yeah. I guess this is exposing me a little bit. Hi, guys. Mm-hmm. One thing I'm always leaning towards that Alice helps me come back from mm-hmm. is I want to try smoking. And that's something big on, like, my depression brain, where Uh it's like, do that. Mm -hmm. Alternatively, I have a vape that is CB... (laughs) (laughs) Sylvia has died. Sylvia has left the chat. It's not CBT. What is it called? CBD. CBD. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> An alternative I have to that is I have a vape that is CBD. Mm-hmm. So not only is that helpful for like anxiety and it could help ease your, give you calm and yeah. even help you go to sleep, yeah. but it, kind of satisfies satisfies mm-hmm. that part of my brain that's like do that yeah no i feel that uh cbd is good again i'm gonna throw that out there it's not a replacement for actual medication oh yeah not at all but you know i showed you those crystal pipes i got from my cbd collection there's a cbd store actually not too far from where i live so i like going there mm-hmm. you know i'll get some stuff and i don't I try not to make it a habit of smoking, like, constantly. I don't want to be, like, a chimney, because that hurts your lungs (laughs) still, even if it is CBD. Oh, yeah. Just because there's no tobacco in it or other harmful ingredients, your lungs aren't supposed to have smoke or water vapor in them. Yes, it's not great. But, you know, it's something I like to do every once in a while just to calm down, you know, if I'm feeling particularly anxious, if I can't focus. It's, like, a nice, easy activity that, you know, makes me feel better. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's, like, one of my healthy alternatives to an unhealthy, quote-unquote, self-harm type of alternative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't cut your own hair. Don't. Please don't. Yes. This goes back to intrusive thoughts. Mm -hmm. Where it's just, like, if, if your brain's telling you to do something, really sit down with it and think things through. Mm-hmm. Because I, one of my intrusive thoughts is I should run away. It's like constantly, since I was a child, I remember one of the things I would always do is like I'd put all my toys in my backpack and I'd tell my parents I was leaving the South America. 
I don't, I don't know, just, just all of it. I'm going on tour. But um, <laughs> I still get that to this day where it's like sometimes I'll just be walking around outside and it's like, you know, I could just leave my whole life behind right now. And it's like, okay, let's think about that. Because mm-hmm. this thought keeps reoccurring. It's like, let's really analyze what would happen if you did that. You'd die. Probably. <laughs> you, you only have so much money. You don't have anywhere to go. It's like, you can't just start a new life like that. You know, fun fact, a huge majority of people who are homeless are mentally ill. Yes, it's very sad. And, you know, people are like, ah, scary, dirty, mentally ill homeless people, get them out of here. And it's like, they, if they had access to the help they needed, they would not be in the situation that they are. Yeah. But, you know, the reality is that mental health care is expensive. Very. It's it gets treated differently, like physical than physical illnesses. It's less recognized. It's harder to find quality people. If you're uninsured, then. Mm-hmm. So I'm currently uninsured, and I take three to four medications, mm-hmm. which we'll get into. But I texted you the other day where I was like, I just want to give a shout out to pharmacist John Woo! because my one prescription was over 150 and he found me coupons that made all four the total of 150 so thank you pharmacist john honestly that's the best feeling in the world is when you get pharmacists that care yeah because um my birth control at one point when i was uninsured it was like 220 or something like Mm -hmm. that alone and i also take two other medications on top of that so it's like i really really don't want to pay this right now and i don't know what like magic my pharmacist did but i got it for nothing and i'm just like this has to be some kind of illegal i don't know what you did but okay they they have special coupons good rx yes for those who are uninsured yes always check good rx because not every place sells every medication for the same walmart tends to have them cheaper yeah there's a few places i think kroger's is another one that has it cheaper but i don't know where kroger's is (laughs) yeah we don't have a kroger's yeah so, like, you can look up pretty much any medication on the face of the earth, and they will price compare things and mm-hmm. give you coupons. So you can see, like, I've seen some, like, really big disparities, uh, discrepancies, rather, in price, where, like, some places will have it for, like, $100 cheaper than whatever place. Oh, yeah. Sam's insulin we used to get at CVS, and it was, like, $50, $75. Yeah. We get it now at Walmart for half the price. Yeah. Which, that's a that's a crime in and of itself, that insulin is so expensive, but Ugh. we're not going to get into that right now. This is not the big pharma episode. Yes, this is not, even though we are going to talk about medication a little bit now. Um, yeah, so GoodRx is it's Gucci. So, yeah, you can download the app on your phone, and you can always, like, get updates on mm-hmm. your prescriptions and There's stuff like that. There's always a coupon. You know, they're not one-time use. You could use them all the time. Yeah. So, good RX is good. Um, I don't know any others. <laughs> I know there are a bunch of, like, online subscriptions for medication, but I, mm-hmm. I don't use any of those. Um, I think it has for the birth control one a lot. Yeah, I see a lot of ones for birth control. I think there are some for um, mental illnesses, too, so I don't know about that. Um... I started seeing a psychiatrist on top of going to my therapist every week. And um, she has helped so much with 
finding the right medication and helping me to manage it. Mm-hmm. Because, fun fact, medications can interfere with one another. They can make things worse if, you know, you're just getting them prescribed willy-nilly. Um, I'm of the opinion that you shouldn't get medis- medicine like prescribed to you right away. Um, it can be dangerous because you don't know how your body's going to react to it. I remember... Um, because me and my therapist had been talking for a while, and she did suspect that I had ADD. It runs in my family. I showed a lot of symptoms of it. And I talked to my psych about it. And she's like, okay, so we'll give you... I forgot the name of the drug, but um, it was like the lowest dose. It was it was non-amphetamine. You know, it was just like an, a baby drug, essentially, for this. And I freaked out. I took it for a little less than a week and it felt like just constant anxiety attack my heart was racing I didn't know what was going on I thought like I thought I was having a heart attack basically like every day and I was like the only thing that's different is the medication it's too strong for me I need to stop this right now (laughs) so um yeah that's why I'm just like be cautious with medication um it can really heck you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was taking um, Trazodone, mm-hmm. it, like, turned me into a zombie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, not everyone's gonna react the same way to every medication. So something that worked amazingly for someone else, you know, could not be the thing for you. And it takes a little bit of playing around to see, like, the dosages, which medications work better, which ones don't work so well, which ones are not effective... So, it can be a little frustrating, but it's worth it in the end, because I feel great. Mm -hmm. Do you want to, since you already started, do you want to say what other ones you're on, or do you not want to expose yourself? I'll expose myself. This is the exposure episode, so I don't care. You guys know all my dirty laundry now. But I am on 100 milligrams of uh, sertraline, which is basically generic Zoloft. I take... 50 milligrams of trazodone at night to help me go to sleep and I'm also on bell culture which is birth control nice I don't know my milligrams should I get up and look at them you don't have to if you don't want to the only one I know is trazodone because (laughs) we were talking about it earlier Mm -hmm. I am on 100 milligrams of trazodone Mm -hmm. Um, I take generic Xanax I take the smallest one which is 50 milligrams that Mm -hmm. one I remember I also take buprofen. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the milligrams. And I don't know the name of the last one, but it's a mood stabilizer. I feel like you mentioned Wellbutrin before. Is uh, buprofen. Buprofen. Buprofen is generic Wellbutrin. Yeah. Oh, wait. It's on my GoodRx app. Yeah, silly goose. That's so silly. Actually, that reminds me. I probably should update it because I think I still have it to be on a lower dose of trazodone. Not trazodone. um, uh, Zoloft. I will not be able to pronounce the generic name. But the, like... Oh. Oxcarbazepine. It's generic trileptol. I don't know what that means. Yep. (laughs) I could get it for $9 at Walmart, which I should probably do. Yeah, definitely do that. So, uh, yeah. I do not advocate taking other people's prescriptions. 
Oh, please do not. I remember one time I was feeling really tired and my dad was like, oh, I can give you one of my sleeping pills. And I'm just like, my dad, like, I don't sleep well, but my dad has insomnia. Mm. He sleeps maybe two hours a night. I would have died. Like, I would still be asleep to this day (laughs) if I took one of his pills. Yeah. uh, So, yeah, you got to figure out your body before you jump right into medication. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, the, the big takeaway in like exploring mental health options is have patience. Have a lot of patience. Give yourself time. Yes, you're not going to figure it out overnight. It's just like with any illness, you know. If you have cancer, it's not you're not going to like receive treatment the same day, and then you know you'll either be cured or not. It's mm-hmm. like it's a process. You know, and you might feel nothing for a while. That's how I felt on my medications. And then that's when you know, okay, it's been a month. Let's up the dosage. Because originally I started out on like 25 milligrams of the Zoloft. And it's like, no, we need to keep going. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. Like, there, you shouldn't feel ashamed for that. Yeah. It's like, it's it's because you're unique. You're and you. And the stigma of medication and therapy. Yes. It's like, because, like, people, sometimes people will see you taking your pills and it's like, so what's wrong with you, eh? And I just look them in the eyes and say, I have bipolar disorder. I know, right? And it's like, what do you want from me? You want my whole, like, medical history? Do you want me to call my doctor so I can get my records? Like, yeah, you want... What, what is that gonna do for you? You know, why you need this information right now? Yeah, you don't. Yes. So, yeah, don't take... That's the thing I see some people do. Sometimes people will take other people's prescriptions recreationally. Mm. Do not. Don't do that. Do not. That can mess you up so badly. I was listening to, like... I was watching on this show on Netflix called The Midnight Gospel. It's pretty good. It's a weird animated show from the creator of Adventure Time. And, uh... I watched the first episode and he was basically talking about how he almost died because he, someone like sold him a sleeping pill and he also took it with alcohol. No. That's another thing too, is like, don't take other people's prescriptions and also don't take your medication with alcohol or other Mm -hmm. drugs. It's like, know your limits because most people, most um, healthcare professionals, they have to say like, don't drink at all. Yeah. But- you know, some people can get away with it depending on what they're on. I'm not saying, like, take your pills and then drink how much, as much as you can to see where your limit is. It's just, like, just proceed with the utmost caution. And be open with your healthcare professionals. Yeah. Tell them, you know, I like to go out every once in a while and have a drink with my friends. Yeah, it's like they can't rat you out. <laughs> you know, even if you're on, you know, illegal drugs. If you do the cocaine, tell them you do the cocaine. Don't do the cocaine. But, but please yeah. don't do the cocaine. Yeah, no, it's like certain medications, you know, because those are drugs too, mm-hmm. they get affected by it. Like my birth control I, oh no, I can't smoke tobacco because I'm on it because that makes me at a greater risk for heart related diseases. And I'm just like, oh, I have no interest in smoking tobacco, but you know, it's something I need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't do that. That is off limits for me. Didn't you say you also can't drink? I'm not supposed to drink with my um, Zoloft. Oh, yeah. 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 Probably not that, a good idea. Yeah, and you know, when I was younger and stupid, I washed it down with alcohol once before. Oh, we've, we've all done that. Yeah, it's like, 
I, I wasn't affected by it, but I knew I was never doing that again. Because I was really playing with fire at that point. Because sometimes when I'm, like, real sad. No. I've done it more than once. I'm gonna take all the alcohol in your fridge and, like, pour it down the drain and break the bottles and then eat them. <laughs> don't eat them! I need to make a point. I don't want you doing that. Don't drink the sad juice if you're sad. Oh, I meant, like, I would drink it with the pills. Don't drink the sad juice if you're sad! <laughs> yeah, a uh, fun fact, alcohol is a depressant. Yes, it initially can open you up to social interaction just because it removes your inhibitions, but it is a depressant at the end of the day. Which is why I'm a, a crying drunk. Stop it. I'm the drunk who will call you up to tell you how much I love you and then cry. Or prank call you. I've prank called people? You prank called me when you were drunk. When? A long time ago. You said that you were in jail and I believed you. <laughs> I did? Yes, you did. I remember. I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I was really mad because it was like two in the morning. <gasps> I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. You apologize. I remember because like you were so obviously drunk. I was like, I, I need to like actually like talk to her. <laughs> and say that it's okay because I feel like all I really wanted to do was just hang up. I'm <laughs> but so I was like, I'm you not should have. You've never been no. angry at me. It's like, I can't, I knew I couldn't do that because I know you get sadder when you're intoxicated. So it's just like, okay, no. I gotta be the adult. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. I really do not remember that at all. You were pretty drunk. <laughs> I mean, I've been drunk before and I remember things mm -hmm. except for half of rent. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, rent. Honestly, <laughs> the it's, ending it, of Mamma Mia. <laughs> it's it's probably best that you don't remember all of rent because I feel like you would be mad. But anyway, I, I mean I've seen it afterwards. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, we're don't, supposed to be giving people advice. Yes, don't do drug with other drug. <laughs> don't drink the sad juice. Don't drink the just ever, just ever. <laughs> That is an unhealthy coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's why, that's probably why so much, so many people in my family are alcoholics is because, you know, we don't quote unquote believe in mental illness. Mm. It's like if someone needs help, that's seen as like a shame and a failure of the family. All right. I'm not going to be the boring aunt and tell you that if you are under the underage, do, don't do the drink, don't do the drug because... You're gonna... Most kid, people experiment. Kids are kids. You're gonna experiment. What mm -hmm. I am going to say is be responsible. Yes. Do not hecking drive afterwards. Mm -hmm. Don't feel like you need to because it's cool or it's, popular. It's really else. not. It's, it's boring. It's not. Hangovers aren't fun. They are not fun. It's like, uh, just take everything at your own pace. Mm -hmm. Don't do things because, like, Chadley did it. And he's the <laughs> coolest guy in school. Also, don't do it because you think Chadley will like you. Yeah, no. That's a problem if people only like you when you're intoxicated. Mm -hmm. That's a failure on their part. Um, I wanted to ask really quickly, have you had any specific instances where you talked about being goth with any mental, hair, mental health care uh, professionals? No. Okay. Any particular reason why? It's never come up. Okay. Never seemed important. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I just think it's interesting because, like, 
I don't change how I dress when I go to therapy. Sometimes <laughs> I get dressed up for therapy. Um, yeah, so sometimes I get more dressed up for therapy because it's, like, one of the few places I still go to now in quarantine. And, like, me and my therapist have talked about it a little bit where, you know, for the most part, she's, like, understanding. It's, like, you know, she had, she dresses, like, alternatively as well. She's not goth, but mm-hmm. goth therapists, shout out to you guys wherever you are. <laughs> but, um, you know, we've, we've talked about it and, you know, it's, like, I feel like it's important to talk about just because it's a reflection of on yourself. It's like part of your personality, you know. It's just fun to explore. Um, there was one time where it just, I'm, I'm like, she asked me if I was a Satanist. Mm-hmm. This was like early on in our like getting to know each other, and I'm just like, no, no. Yeah, no. but she's also just trying to understand everything yeah meanwhile i'm just like you'll never understand me <laughs> and i just skateboard away even though we're on like the third floor <laughs> just skateboard down the stairs yeah that's fine <laughs> um so as i said before i've had a few therapists mm-hmm. um my very first one talk too much yeah, that's not good either. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's fine to like have a com- normal conversation. Like, oh, I had for dinner yesterday some chicken and you know, going to the park later. And how that's- did that make you feel? Like, that's <laughs> fine and all, but I had to cut it off when it got to a point where we spent an entire session and she was the only one talking. That's a problem. Yeah, I didn't say anything. Yeah. You want therapy to be a back and forth. It can't just be the therapist doing all the talking or you doing all the talking and not getting any input. Yeah. You need, it needs to be a conversation. And then my... Another problem she had is that she never referred to Alice as my girlfriend. That's not... It's just like, why are you in the business of therapy if you're going to be discriminatory? <laughs> she was always saying, like, my friend or my roommate. And I'm like, yeah, my girlfriend. Like, correcting her. And they were roommates. <clears throat> oh my god, they were roommates. Yeah, Rob! <laughs> and, um, my other therapist, like, this was the last session I had with her. Mm-hmm. Where she asked me, <clears throat> she asked me, do you think that the reason you're depressed or you feel this way is because you're gay. <laughs> and I was like, what? What? And she was like, yeah, you know, like, is that why you're, you know, LGBT? Because you're depressed? And I just, like, my brain, like, just turned off. And for the rest of the session, I was just nodding my head and saying yes. Oh, forget about it. I would have told her off. Yeah. I mean, I was already not feeling great. And then she yeah. said that. And I'm like, that was the last time I ever spoke to her again. Yeah, I'm sure. And now I have a new therapist. I haven't had a lot of time with her, though, because when I started seeing her, I became unemployed. Mm-hmm. And now I'm uninsured. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah. I'm getting there. Yeah, no, it's it's hard. I remember when I first started therapy, I only saw my therapist once every two weeks. That's what I was doing. I did not like it one bit. I was like, I feel like every time we start making progress, too much time passes. So then she was like, I canceled, you know, my subscription to another client. 
I couldn't think of the right word. <laughs> I canceled my subscription. Yeah, to another client. And she's like, I have another time open for you because we need to start seeing each other once a week. It might take you a few tries to find the right therapist. What I'm basically saying is don't give up on it. Yes. Just keep trying. Yeah. And honestly, like I said before, psychology today, look through their directory. <laughs> Uh, call people, make sure they're on your insurance, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And you'll you'll start your journey. Mm-hmm. And it's a one that will last the rest of your life, honestly. But I started going to therapy like a year and a half ago, and I am I feel like I'm a completely different person. <laughs> I wish I had started therapy sooner. I, I wish I did too, but, you know, I'm just trying to focus on now. Because yeah. some people, you know, they never get to that point. So, just the fact that we're, we are where we are, you know, it's incredible. Yeah. We've come a long way. We did it. Yeah, We're still doing it. <laughs> we out here in these streets. Doing it. As the great poet Zach Fox once said, Shout out mental illness. Take care of yourself. If you see symptoms in other people, you know, don't be their therapist, but ask them, like, how you doing? Yeah, always ask them how how they're doing. But also, don't make it to the point where you're neglecting yourself. Oh, please take care of yourself first. Yeah, because that's something I do a lot to this day. Is I'll put other people ahead of me. You can't do that. You just can't. You put this podcast ahead of you. No. Which is why I yell at you a lot. Don't yell at me. Do we have any other words of wisdom Um, for our children? uh, I feel like there was something else I wanted to mention. Oh. So um, I mentioned before that I'm currently trying to figure out what the heck is happening to the brain. Um. We, me and my therapist were talking about something. So on top of there being a stigma against mental illness, mental illness that's tied to your menstrual cycle is just like doubly like people don't talk about it. Me. Yeah. Because mental illness tied to menstrual cycles. Like if you're someone who menstruates, that whole thing just opens you up to so many other issues unfortunately because i mean think about it during your cycle your whole body is going through some stuff it's like you lose a ton of blood your hormones are all imbalanced everything goes out of whack and it's like people you know they usually think like oh yeah it's normal for these women folk to you know get crazy on their periods and like no i've i've definitely noticed that when my period's about to start, I have increased thoughts of self-harm and suicide. And it's like, it, when it gets to that point, like, there has to be a condition for that. Real quick. So I was talking about it with my therapist, and she found a condition called menstrual psychosis, which is the thing that exists. There's just no research on it, because, you know, ill, icky periods. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, think about it. You get postpartum depression from major body changes mm-hmm. related to the youth. 
And there's also postpartum psychosis, which exists. So it's like, why is there nothing documented for menstrual, the menstrual cycle? Where it's like, obviously, yeah, things would be out of whack, too. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, it's kind of what your body goes through when, you know, you're pregnant, just on a smaller scale. I should bring that up with uh, my therapist and uh, psychologist, because mm-hmm. it's always when my period's coming and when I'm menstruating, mm-hmm. when, like, my depression and my anxiety just skyrocket. Yeah. And it's like, you shouldn't just have to accept that. It's like, also, I don't want people to think that I'm saying, like, mental illness is just directly tied to periods, because mm-hmm. that's not the case either. It's just, you know, what your body goes through on a monthly basis affects your mental illness. And, you know, it, it worsens it quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's not easy. And, you know, there's already, like we I mentioned before, there's a stigma around periods. You had a boss once that thought that people could just hold their periods like pee. <laughs> it's like, people still think the blood comes out of your butt. Oh my god. There's so many misconceptions with that. So when you intersect it with mental illness, people don't know heck about crap so if you're someone that menstruates keep that in mind as well because like our health is already not taken as seriously as it needs to be Mm -hmm. and there's so much territory that has not been properly discovered or diagnosed it's like if you feel like that could be a source you know something that's making your mental illness worse if it's exacerbating it talk about it me and my therapist talk about my period all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not just something to be expected, you know. Also, keep in mind that you are paying doctors. You are technically their boss. Yeah. They work for you. Yeah, it's like, find good ones. Because I've had some crap doctors. If they're arrogant, if they make you feel bad, if they seem judgy, you don't have to see them anymore. There's no obligation. Have them transfer your records to someone that actually wants to help. Because unfortunately, in the healthcare industry, there are a lot of people who are in it just to make money. Yep. So they forget that, you know, there's a human cost to all of this. It's like, just yesterday, me and my cousin were talking about this one doctor he goes to who... He basically walks around literally with his nose pointed up, looking down on everyone. Never says hello to any of his patients. Uh, He flat out bumped into my cousin when he had his last appointment and didn't apologize. Like, just flat out. Like, he expected my cousin to move. It's like, you know, some people, they get that arrogance. It's totally not deserved. I don't care if you have a degree in whatever. If you're not a human being, first and foremost... You don't deserve any of that. Very, very well said. Thank you. <laughs> I have my moments, like I said. And the next thing is going to be like whiskers and theme music concerning. <laughs> <laughs> Just beeping in the corner. Right. We're, we're walking this road. And we hope you too. You do too. Walk with us. Walk with us. Take our hand. Yeah. <laughs> We'll take, we'll take a, take you by the hand, take you to the land that you'll understand. Ocean man. <laughs> okay. 
My dogs are being extra annoying. Cosmo has an actual booger. Oh, Cosmo is a booger. Cosmo's a bur. He's a burger. He's a booger. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, the puppies are sick. So we should get. We should focus on them more. Please get down. I don't want your booger touching anything. But um, I mean, I think that's everything we wanted to say. If there isn't, we'll zoom in some more. <laughs> we'll analyze the footage. All right. Oh, one last quick thing before we do the closing. That's, um, I know, bless you. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to yell Cosmo. But, um, that's one of the reasons, honestly, the uh, true crime ethics ep- part two episode hasn't come out yet. Because that was the same day I had a really bad breakdown. And, like, mm-hmm. some of it was captured when we recorded. And I just don't want to go back and listen to it. So... Do you want to re-record it? Maybe. Okay. I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. I just feel bad. So that's why that has been delayed so much. But we will regroup and we will redo it. We will rebuild. Yes. And you won't hear my neurons firing in the background like an old computer or a toaster. And hopefully you won't hear that either. Yeah. Sneezy and coffee puppies. Those are my favorite of the dwarves. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, that's it for today, guys. Don't forget to subscribe. We put out new episodes every week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Goth Topic Pod, where you'll find updates, our own musings, as well as sharing our favorite memes and videos. All of the links mentioned... Thank you. All of the links mentioned today are in the description box. Give us a rating on iTunes and we'll shout you on a future episode. I think we do have a shout-out today. Tell us what you think. Shoot us a DM, add us, or email us at gothtopicpod at gmail.com. Your health, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, spiritual, are all so important. Please take it seriously. Take care of yourself. We love you guys. Bye. If I could just give everyone, like, emotional ginger ale to cure them, I would. Emotional ginger ale. (laughs) Okay. Today's shout-out goes out to Blackwing666, who became one of our followers on WordPress. Thank you. Thank you, friend. As always, thank you guys so, so much for your support. See you later. Bye. Bye.